Welcome to another episode of Let's Discuss It Podcast. This is the... I want y'all to understand how how super, super important this podcast is to me because I have been keeping up with this channel that I'm about to... Um, that I'm about to put out that I'm that I'm about to interview now. And um, so I'm going to tell you how this kind of came into play and, and how this all became very important to me. And I just, like I said, once you go down the wormhole of things, you start to find out you know, certain things about people and, and certain people, you know, certain people that who are in the public there, you know, I've never seen people who do things in plain sight and, and just clearly get away with it. But there's also people out there that are advocating to do right by people and expose people and what is, you know, what we're going to get into. I want to say a couple of years ago, <clears throat> I was on YouTube looking at music videos or, you know, DIY videos or something to the nature. And forever, 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 at least for a year, at least, I used to see this guy, this still shot guy of this, of this, of this preacher, this black preacher who was sitting at the table. And I always thought it was kind of funny because his hair was really kind of weird to me. And I was just like, and, and on the captions, it says, line preacher gets caught about funds. And I, I never clicked on it because I didn't, I, and it was, of course, it looked like a deposition and everyone's seen Lil Wayne's deposition, but even though his was hilarious, like I didn't want to sit through a deposition and listen to somebody talk for two hours. But I'm telling you right now, if you go back and you listen to this, not only will it incense you, because if you're a decent, you know, a decent person, it, it, seeing anyone done wrong or seeing anyone very calm about doing something wrong and just kind of wanting to misguide the questions and their behavior and their demeanor and how they carry themselves, especially while they're sitting in the hot seat and when they're sitting on stage, like they're two different people and the energy is different. You go down the wormhole and realize that this guy's really a piece of shit. Who I got on the phone right now. Full frontal exposure. So I got, I got a friend of mine who I've been kind of keeping in contact with because, again, you go down and you see people who are advocating about exposing people. And so I started keeping up with this channel and I started keeping up with his lives. And this guy has such a great group, has such a great following of people who support what he's doing. It's David E. Taylor, Full Frontal Exposure on YouTube. Go follow it. You know, stay tuned to it. I'm going to interview him now and find out, you know, where we're going from here. How you doing today, buddy? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on, Jay. I appreciate your time. So tell me this. This is the basic question that I ask anybody who's doing what you're doing. Where did this all start for you? Where did this all become so important to you? Well, as, if, as you know, we all went down the rabbit hole together following the deposition, and most of us watched it obsessively to fall asleep, to get through the day. It became obsessive for me. And I think what became obsessive for me is how he just sat there and blatantly lied in the hot seat. If you or I were to sit there and do that, it wouldn't end well. This is where I, this is, this is where I went down the rabbit hole. It, it was, first it was an obsession. Then it became, it was, it, I was like angry at first. Then it became an obsession. And then it became advocating and proactive approach to exposing him online. Because that's where this man operates. So tell me this, when you went down the wormhole and, and judging by how you do things, you've done it. When every time you get on your lives, you're very informative. You're very well researched on on the topic that you, you know, you put up that you know what you're going to premiere and you know what you're going to discuss that night, along with the people that come, you know, call in and because you do take calls, whether they're good and bad, and we'll get into those in a second. But like when you started realizing after you watched the deposition, like and you like you said, completely 
it's so intoxicating to get caught up in his deposition because you just cannot that's the way i describe it to people especially you know people close to me when i when i spread the word about the deposition i was like it's so intoxicating to see how stupid someone can literally sit there and be and and completely act like they don't know that they're fucking stupid you know so when you went down the wormhole what made you pursue the opportunity to say you know what like no one is probably exposing this like they should I'm going to put my, because you put your face on the forefront. Like, you get on lives. You shit. I love your intro on every one of them. Um, you literally put your face on live. You put your, you know, your your channel out there a lot. Why did you feel that that was so important at this at this day and time? That's a good question. And thanks for asking, because I think a lot of people are curious why I put my face on it. At first, I was wearing a mask because I was very scared. I was very nervous. Um, I was very worried about putting my face on something that had the potential to have some sort of adverse reaction to what I was doing. That's why at first I was wearing a mask and people were like, hey man, take the mask off. We want to see who, who it is. And when that happened, it opened up a lot of doors. He copyrighted my other channel and it got taken down and I, had a, I wasn't going to let him win. So I felt it better just to put my face out there and start calling him out publicly because after talking to a lot of people on my last channel that had got copyrighted and taken down there, you know, a lot of people, we had brainstormed that nobody has ever called him out publicly. So a lot of us sat there and it's like, well, someone do it. I was like, I'll do it. I don't care. Uh, without even thinking of what road it was going to take, what road it was going to lead me down. And it's formed this amazing group of people now that are exposing this man and other people coming out of these destructive cults are coming into the group and telling their stories of how these organizations run. And it's, it's fucking ridiculous to, to know that the government sits behind and doesn't do anything about this when there's millions of dollars being laundered. It very questionable name changes, bank account movements, you know, cryptocurrency. I mean, what church takes cryptocurrency? You know, these are all questions I was asking along this line. Why am I doing this? Um, and I put my face on it because it also gives somebody a face to trust out of the, out of the cult. Um, this is a destructive money laundering sex cult. I agree when I say that it's a. <clears throat> I agree when I say it's a money laundering sex cult because realistically, everything that I've seen as far as like that gospel singer he dated, I don't want to name drop because I don't I don't want no problems with any of that. But if you're well researched into the situation, I, mean, I know you're you know what I'm talking about. You know, the gospel singer came out, his uh, ex-wife came out, you know, a lot of people have come out about saying that, you know, even behind the scenes, even even the gospel singer was talking about, you know, I've had people reach out to me after I exposed, you know, that this was a cult that, uh, you know, he had been sexually, you know, um, he had had sexual relations with them and like. They were telling them that, you know, she, you know, she was saying, oh, well, you know, he would only do this and he would do that for someone who's the man of God. Right. Who sits there and does this. I've never seen anyone now. And here's where I think. And this is another question I'm going to ask you. How does someone in their head say. I've had a face to face with Jesus. He's out here. He's on my side. He'll kill my enemies. He'll he'll do this. He's he's shit talking other pastors. He's saying he's calling people. He's calling gay people the F word. You know, he's sitting out here. I've never seen a preacher, and this is what kills me about him. I've never seen a preacher 
be so disrespectful and foul-mouthed as him, but he calls it being bold, realistically. And nobody, nobody in that crowd is sitting here saying, this isn't how a preacher talks. Like, God wouldn't talk like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you feel about the way he carries on on the stage, but yet he was in the deposition quiet as a mouse? Yeah, definitely. And um, the name of the organization, we haven't really mentioned that, is Joshua Media Ministries International, or Kingdom of God Global Church. And what, what needs to be recognized about this organization is that it's jumped names several different times. There was another one prior to JMMI, which was called Resurrection Media Ministries, which was mentioned in the deposition. That was the one that the that the lawyer that just fucking destroyed David, and she was born for that deposition. That was her one, her one, just great thing that she was born for on this earth was to depose David. And so this this organization has changed names several times now. It's gone from Resurrection Media Ministries, as was mentioned in the deposition. It went from Joshua Media Ministries International, which is all over his building. Joshua Media Ministries International is now a fucking trucking company. And a lot of the court case. Oh, man, I could go. I could go so many different ways with this, with how this organization is run. It's 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 very shady. They're doing a lot of questionable things with the money. They're moving a lot of money around the organization. Um Cash App, cryptocurrency, Zelle, PayPal, Apple Pay. I mean, they're taking just every kind of digital media transaction platform there is, they're covering. Well, tell me this. When when you see, and normally when you see people who are running a business and then they have something like, you know, uh, a business LLC and stuff like that, then you see that they're bringing money in. And they're supposed to be nonprofit, right? But when they use that money for profit isn't that doesn't that change the whole thing when it's considered nonprofit at that point absolutely under 501c3 you're absolutely right there is tax code there is tax violations going on here that nobody's paying attention to um i'm actively filing reports against the irs i just sent another one out today i actually got oh i got a letter from the irs saying hey we received your report and here's the thing. When you file these reports, we will never know the outcome of the investigation. We'll never know if there's one been started. We'll never know anything about it, ever. It's just the way the tax code works. It sucks because we're taxpayers. And by law, these 501s, this, 501c3s have to, show, have to show tax information. They have to show how much money they're bringing in. This organization is not doing that. Has, hasn't done it since 2017. And by the end of 2017, they had already brought in $12 million. That was on their last known recorded amount of finances that was brought into that organization. Now, between 2017 until now, they've done a lot of name changes. They've opened LLCs. They bought they bought two mansions just the last within the last year, big ones. One's 11 acres, okay, and then they bought the fucking residential center this year too for 1.9 million cash. They also bought another mansion for 1.475 million. The, the details of that was they went to buy the house went to buy this mansion up in Chesterfield. And and mind you, if anybody's has watched the uh, series The Way Down with Gwen Shamblin, I believe David is trying to centralize his cult in St. Louis. That's where he's operating out of, is Chesterfield, just out of St. Louis. And he's he's going to centralize everything there. So basically from 2017 until now, David has changed names and moved money around and has just completely manipulated the tax code. 
Well, tell me this then, you know, with, with you speaking about that and <clears throat> how is it that, and I'm not saying that this should apply to all churches, but like, how is it that even in the deposition, he was talking about, well, we are provided many allowances and we're provided this and we're provided that. and we're prov- I've seen the way this man conducts his service. I've seen the way he belittles his staff. I've seen the way he was very adamant about, oh, if anybody tells you I don't like big gifts or lying, I've seen the way he sits there and he demands that he has this, this, and this. And I've seen the way he demands for money. And the fact that he uses God as, well, God, you know, he'll be in the middle of service, dude, and literally in the middle of service. This man has literally said in every dep- in the whole deposition, every time he's seen Jesus face to face, it was in a dream. It was in his sleep. So in the middle of his service, he's like, okay, Jesus just came to me or God just came to me. He just told me there's someone here who needs to sow, you know, $20,000 right now. And I'm just like, how can you, for one, if you know people are down and out on their luck, and let's just say that they're gullible enough, like the woman who, you know, donated the money that started the deposition, um, why take advantage of someone so gullible, but yet for someone who's so controlling the way he is and the way you see him conduct himself... In that deposition, what really freaked me out or really kind of just, I'm just like, who is not seeing how this guy is acting like he doesn't know shit when you see how controlling he is just about volume control and, and what's in the background? You know he knows what how much money he's spending. He just knows if he says it under oath that he's going to be held accountable for it, even though it's not an actual case about him. It was a divorce case. <clears throat> right, and let's let's talk about that for a second. The deposition... Okay, <clears throat> the deposition was a recall in a divorce case. That's it. It was a recall in a divorce case. And I'll try to explain this the best that I've, after piecing everything together over the last few years, I, and mind you guys, I've, when I, I piece this together, I've been following this for since 2017, since the depositions came out. So recall in a divorce case, Debbie, Debbie Frazier won, won, the, won the divorce case against her husband, Rick Frazier, right? So... <clears throat> Rick paid her out a pretty hefty sum. You know, it was a good amount of money. So Debbie goes and gives all the money over to sack of shit David E. Taylor, right? Debbie comes back to Rick. I don't know what the time frame was. And I FaceTimed with Rick earlier on this uh, prior to this this year in April sometime. I had FaceTimed with Rick and we had talked a bit. Overall, nice guy. Gam artist as well. Um, all the stories out there about him molesting his kids, there's no fucking way Rick molested his kids. Rick is a good fucking dad, man. That is one thing I can I can honestly say about that guy is he is a good fucking father, man. Um, beyond that, it, he this is this is all stemming from a divorce case, really, because Debbie ended up giving this money to David Taylor. <clears throat> Debbie goes back, well, I need more money. Rick says, well, where the hell did you give all this money to? Debbie says, hey, I gave it to this apostle. Okay, well, bam, I need to, I want to depose him because I want to know where all the money's going before I give you any more money. So that's that's basically how the deposition starts is because Debbie went back to Rick asking for more money after she just got a big settlement in a divorce case. And Rick was like, well, where the fuck's all this money I just gave you? Yeah, because in the deposition, she was, um, <clears throat> she cast out her, what, what, if I'm wrong, correct me in a minute, but I, she cashed out her 401k, I believe, or her or some type of retirement fund and any assets that she had had, which, you know, came up to like 1.2 or something million dollars. 
But what what really got me was the deposition and what this is what angers a lot of people who are on TikTok who sees it. And it's someone who's not as informed and as researched as you've done. They have literally they're listening to the deposition. They're seeing clips here and there. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're not realizing that this guy is actually not on trial. So nothing is ever going to happen to him about this. All that deposition did was expose that he's actually doing it. At this point, it's up to the public. I think what Rick really did, and it was a very strategic move. I got to give it to the guy. He has literally, I know, I, I think I remember, and this came from you. I, I think, you know, for the most part, you said everything was paid for by Rick to get him deposed and videotaped, if I'm correct. Um, so not only did he get that done and, and take the, you know, take the sword from, for us to, you know, to, to be able to get that, that very humorous five, five hours of, uh, of, of comedy, but he actually is leaving it up to the people to say, this fucking guy's a scam artist. This guy's sitting here lying. He's acting like he doesn't know about it. He's spending thousands of dollars spending it on his suits. When I heard the first time, and I'm not gonna lie, this is what came to my head. When he sat there and said, "Oh, I spent, oh yeah, you know that was that was I, I was just on the road so much. Um, I they had to buy me new clothes all the time because I just kept sweating through my clothes. Well, throw them in the fucking washing machine. You don't have to sit there and buy new clothes every time you sweat in them. You know what I'm saying? So I think, and tell me if I'm right, was Rick Fraser putting out that deposition? Was that an actual strategic move in your in your in your idea or in your opinion? Uh, just to expose them and let the people figure it out for themselves. Excuse me. Absolutely, man. Um, because we're all free thinkers on the outside world here. You know, the world that David's living in is he's he's everything. That's all everybody knows. Rick did this very strategically. The fact that he exposed him financially, the fact that it, it exposed him as a fraud. Um, then he put the deposition out on the internet. Yes, everything was paid for. Depositions aren't cheap, man. To get, you're probably looking at five grand per deposition. And then there's Michelle's deposition. Now you have David's deposition. You have to put the two together to piece the puzzle together. All right. There's a lot more moving parts than just David and Michelle here. And I'd like for people to understand that too. You know, people might get humor out of this, right? But it, there's a lot deeper issues than just David sitting there lying and saying, ask Michelle, guys. There's It goes a lot deeper than just the money laundering. There is very real, you're talking mental abuse. You're talking probably some physical abuse, probably some sexual manipulation, sexual coercion. You know, you're probably talking, um, you know, some of the contacts I've, ha- I've, I've met say that David asked them for, uh, you know, videos of women like, you know, masturbating and things like that and sending them nude selfies. You know, David asked for these type of photos from women. This is, this is not a lie. These, I can't, I can't make this up guys. I can't make this up. This is the type of person David is. And he no doubt is using those pictures to fucking sexually blackmail people if they go against him. So what's, this is what's crazy about what you just said, actually. And I was going to, you know, kind of, uh, segue my way into that one. So I've listened to a lot of phone calls, recorded conversations, old um, JMMI uh, employee or not employees, but volunteers talk to other people on the internet with, you know, I think, I think one of them had a conversation with the gospel singer and I think her newly husband or boyfriend or something. And they were talking about it. And what was going on was David was actually breaking up people's families and sleeping with the women in, in in the actual congregation and saying, God wanted me to do this because he knew 
if you were to succumb to this, that your marriage wasn't strong anyway and y'all don't need to be together. Really, he was justifying every single thing that he was doing. He was doing it behind the... And the woman even said, I felt so guilty when I did it, when it was going on, because like my husband loved David E. Taylor and my husband loved what he was doing. And I just couldn't bring myself to say like, this guy has been trying to sleep with me ever since we've been here. And, you know, and all this, just everything, just even people who recorded phone calls, of David sitting there calling him and trying to get him to come to crusades. And he's such a misogynistic asshole. Dude, the way he talks about women on there, it's one thing to sit here and <clears throat> listen to like the Fresh and Fit podcast or listen to someone like Kevin Samuels. And you sit here and you say, men need to value themselves because men themselves are valued. When you have a guy who sits there and says, and trying to teach women how to be women, to me, it's crazy. Super crazy. And he, and he not once, if you listen, if you look at his services, realistically i never see this man with a bible i never see this man quoting tons of scriptures he's always ranting about social media he's ranting about the people who shit talking him he's ranting about this and that and pastors and everything else that's against them and he's always begging for money so it's never a i'm gonna go in here and give you a service and this is like your weekly sermon to get you through the week until next week it's never something that's positive it's always it's almost like a very toxic environment and that these people cannot suck themselves. And they, when I see people sitting there laughing, when he's sitting there calling people booty bandits and all this, and he's shit talking and he said, y'all just got to, you know, y'all got to leave me alone. I'm just bold like that. I'm just bold. I fucking hate when he says that. And I hate when he sits there and he says, uh, that's right. I said it like he did something that was completely out of the norm. He's just a stupid fucking idiot that I I just cannot stand how people are just still falling for the shit that he's doing. And he's and like people are still giving him money and supporting this guy, you know. He is. David's a total pig. And the thing is, is he's not married, but he sits there and has a the time to emasculate all the men and then say, you know, on the on the man of the house, you know, and on the great apostle and all this, but David's never been any kind of theology school, never been any kind of religious school. He says he's been to the fucking school in Texas, some kind of bullshit school, you know? I mean, David has no education. David is completely uneducated. He is a, and a compulsive scam artist. That's it. That's going to be David's legacy is a, a compulsive scam artist. How much damage do you think this deposition did for him? And, and like in a, in a, since the people that you've kind of, and we'll, we'll talk about the things you've kind of had to run into by exposing like your face and putting your face on your channel and doing all this. And the people that have been brought in, you know, through the trust that you've given them by saying here, saying like, Hey y'all, like we're, I like, I'm, I'm doing this for y'all basically. Like how much do you think that deposition actually hurt him in the way that, in, in your opinion? It took time. Like that deposition, that deposition marinated online for quite a while. Um, but it hurt him. Fuck yeah, it hurt him. There's no doubt. A deposition like that, because that shit was right on his fucking face. You know, that camera doesn't fucking blink. Everybody saw what the fuck he did. Everybody saw what he said, how he said it. And one thing I pay big attention to on camera is body language, because body language says a lot about a person's uh, state of mind. And David was shit and bricks in that deposition. We all know that. Did it damage him? damn right it damaged him man and just even putting michelle's deposition together is even worse because it's just the fact that she goes in there and says apostle doesn't lie like david lied through his whole fucking deposition man 
and Michelle went there, there and lied first thing under oath. Raise her right hand. That was the first thing Michelle said is, do you just want to, you know, get under oath? She says, I do. She fucking lied. You know, she lied just by saying I do because she was going to go in there and fucking lie. If I were to lie under oath or you or any other normal fucking person, dude, we'd be thrown in fucking jail, man. And that's some shit. That's why I got upset because I know if I was in that hot seat and I was sitting there bullshitting and lying under oath, man, I'd be thrown in fucking jail for perjury, man. Straight up. Did it damage him? Damn right it did, and it's still damaging him. And the fact that the deposition is out, and it's still out there, and there's more and more people that are behind it and noticing it and saying, hey, there's something wrong here. Um, this is why we're here, man. We need to raise awareness about this and and keep the ball rolling because it seems like a lot of people have gave up, given up and dropped the ball in the past and didn't want to proceed with this with this undertaking of starting to expose these destructive organizations because they're out there. I'm working on another one right now that I haven't really disclosed yet that it kind of fell in my lap kind of recently. So it's it it absolutely did hurt him 100% man and that's that's why Rick did it. David hurt Rick so Rick was like, "Oh, and here's in talking to Rick, okay, what I'm tell, what I'm going to say here, this was a conversation I had with Rick, and Rick saw David in court, okay? Rick Rick sat next to David. This is Rick telling me, he's like, I sat next to David in court after all this went down. And uh, he sits next to him, and he's like, hi, I'm Rick Frazier, you know? And uh, overall, the conversation, he was like, you know, he, he t Rick is telling David, hey, you know, um, it, it, will you give Debbie back just some of the money so she at least has... Give her back 10% out of the million plus that she gave you so she can at least get a life started. David's Rick tells me David's reply to that was, don't be ridiculous. So Rick, that's where Rick said that that was the turning point for him in going after David. Then, yes, it, it absolutely did destroy him 100%, man. And it did it brilliantly. Well, with the fact that you've spoken to Rick, see, I didn't even know that. And I don't think, did you ever, I don't know if you ever said that on your channel or anything that I can remember, but is there anything about that conversation with Rick Frazier um, as far as like, how did it start? Because not a lot of people that I know of who's actually out here exposing uh, David E. Taylor has actually spoken to Rick Frazier in, in such a way like that. I know that, you know, Debbie has gotten on, you know, the internet and made some wild ass claims about Rick. And I know uh, Katie got on the internet and made some wild ass claims about Rick. But like in my head, De uh, Debbie Frazier's uh, YouTube video talking shit about Rick and taking up for Apostle after all this was, it looked pretty much like she was really kind of pushed into that because she, and they've also revealed in the depositions, I think it was, um, Michelle is that she is actually mentally ill that she was diagnosed with like mental illness or something. So that's why, you know, her incapability of making the right decisions was kind of questioned through here. So they're basically saying like, you know, this woman, like I, whether you knew or not, like this woman has mental, has a mental illness and she's not making the right decisions for herself. So she gave her this money, not, I guess, unknowingly to her that it will damage her in the long run, but she did it because like she thought of the JMMI as a second family but even with all those wild ass claims, you, you know, were very open about speaking with Rick Frazier. Can you kind of give an insight on like how that conversation started and what are some important pieces that maybe someone who may never ever see this guy or hear about this guy or anything other than by 
he was the one that was deposing, you know, his attorney at the time was deposing um, David. Is there anything you can tell us about that conversation? Yeah, I got the email. Um, and uh, it was Rick and he's like, hey, uh, can you can we speak if you want? You could FaceTime me. So I face I FaceTimed him. And uh, it, it was a very pleasant conversation overall. And what the conversation ultimately boiled down to is because I have videos up of his wife and daughter on my channel talking bad about him. And I don't do this to, and I, I don't do this to damage Rick. I don't do this for, for, for that. I do this to show the manipulation that goes into this cult because you're absolutely right, Jay Puente. You're absolutely right. Those videos were coached 100%, man, 100%. And I leave those up there. I've, I've put out videos saying, hey, those videos will stay up until Debbie and Katie come out and publicly apologize for what they said. Because what they said is not true. There is no fucking way Rick molested his kids, okay? And that's some of the shit they went out and said. There's no way. Rick is a good fucking dad, man. Um, those those videos are 100% coached. Um, over, overall, the conversation with Rick was very pleasant, man. The guy wasn't mean. He wasn't... He was, he was very well-spoken. He, you know, didn't seem to be the type of guy that would fucking be out molesting his kids, man. I mean, the guy lives in a fucking mansion, you know, and gives his kids anything they want. I mean, if I was living that large, too, and I had kids, I'd be sure as well giving them anything they wanted to to make sure that they were doing anything dumb. It's it's David. If you take David out of this equation, none of this shit probably would have happened. Really, but it's just David is David is the problem. David is the problem in all these issues, basically. David and Michelle. JMMI, the cult, you take them out of this equation, everything will be fine. But overall, again, sorry for getting sidetracked. The, the conversation with Rick was nice, man. It, but he wanted me to take the videos down. I took them down initially. But I thought about it over the, a couple of weeks and I was like, no, I can't. I put them back up because it wasn't about him. It was about showing the kind of control that David has over these people. I mean, who does that? What daughter goes out and says that their dad was fucking molesting them on social media? That shit lives forever. You know, so this is. And Rick, what he had told me in this conversation was that there's actually a lawsuit against the videos being up. And I was like, well, I'm sorry, it's not on my channel. I found it on another channel and the lawsuit doesn't mention me, Rick. I had to be straight up with him. I was like, well, I'm not on the lawsuit, man. Like, I can't be held liable for that. If you want. So there's a lot of stuff that went on with with Rick Frazier. I believe he has, had also went on a lawsuit with with YouTube. And there's some things I'm not too sure of that lawsuit or what happened or outcome of that. Um, but there was some sort of lawsuit that Rick had filed against YouTube about the videos because they're damaging, man. Like that's some harsh shit to say about your dad. And the fact that his ex-wife comes out and says this is some really shitty shit. You know, I mean, they were doing they were just pissed at rick for what they had done to david you know this is all like he said she said right now but rick did this brilliantly rick did it brilliantly um and it, i think he did it he had every fucking right to man every right to um but also talking to rick he did tell me that debbie was gullible you know he's like you could tell her the sky's purple she'll be like oh yeah really and so I had a lot of questions too, like, well, if you knew she was so gullible, like, 
what what did Rick? I always like to question too. What did Rick have to gain out of marrying somebody like that? If he knew she was gullible and had some issues, like what did he have to gain out of that? Right? What was his prerogative? What did he have to gain out of that whole situation? I mean, they had a family. They still have a family, but look what's happened with David being in the equation. It's tore their family apart, man. Tore his family apart. And it's shitty to sit back and see it happen. And knowing that, you know, there's nothing anybody, nothing, nobody can do anything about it. Well, when you talk about the way David is very influential on getting in between families, even the people that, you know, was volunteering there that uprooted their life and moved to St. Louis just to serve in the ministry. They've all been very open for the people who actually got unhooked to the uh, brainwashing that he was doing in that cult. You know, they all openly said like this guy was like, he wouldn't pay us. He'd work us all day. Wouldn't pay us 16 hour days every single day. Wouldn't pay us. So my wife wouldn't see me as a man. She'd see me as somebody she was with and the guy who had the money was David. So like what, what, what would a woman think when she thinks that her man can't provide, can't provide It's very emasculating, you know? So I never, I never understood why when people sat around and they're seeing how this guy's treating people, why they didn't just snap out of it. But it's also that big, you know, that mentality that, you know, they're doing this for God and they're doing this for Jesus and they're doing this for the better purpose. And, you know, they're doing this to, to, to help, you know, the people move forward to religion and everything. And even what you said about, um, you know, the way, you know, with Rick and, and Debbie, you know, with him marrying her, <clears throat> I don't know for sure. And you may know a little more than me about this, but I'm sure that the whole, um, as far as being gullible, I can see how that can kind of be. I know people that, are dating my friends that you, in a sense, you would call them gullible, but sometimes people will call it almost kind of submissive because they're the kind of, yes, you know, they're the kind of girl who say like, Hey, do you want to go do this? Uh, you know, I know they want to hang out like, Oh yeah, we could do that. They're, they're just simple. They, they kind of go with the flow. They don't, they don't push back. They, they do what they can for, you know, the person that they're with and they expect a very little in return. We, I mean, we, I mean, I don't personally know what all fell into that. Maybe all this stuff, and you know, with the mental illness and that. Because I think they, I think that um, Rick's lawyer, when she, when he was deposing, when she was deposing, uh, Michelle said, "You know, she was, you know, recently diagnosed with being mentally ill. Did you know that?" And so we don't know if that diagnosis was part of the divorce to see if she was mentally stable to handle those kind of funds. On top of like she was having very limited parenting time because of her you know, her financial situation because she was giving all her money away. And so in my head, I, I we don't, I, I personally don't know where it all stemmed from as far as like, maybe she wasn't always like this. Maybe she ended up becoming like this because when you have someone who's in the church, that's a yes man or a yes woman who would do anything that you ask them to, of course, David sat there and said, well, I've never had personal conversations with her about donating to the church. That's, I truly, in my heart of hearts, believe that's a fucking lie. Whether he sent somebody to go do it for him or he personally did it, it's not going to matter. We'll never know the truth. We'll never, never, never know the truth. But in my head, I think that everything that David has done, he has literally wormed his way through life by scamming people and doing what he's doing. But as far as in that deposition... When Rick was there, was there anything that was ever said off camera or maybe something that the lawyer said off camera um, 
that wasn't obviously wasn't on a deposition because they actually turned off the audio when they wanted to go off the record. But is there anything that he told you that was happening during that deposition that you could tell us? Uh, yes, he did say. Remember when the lawyer did say your client's like smirking and making faces? He was doing that. He did tell me like he was like nodding and like, you know, smirking and making little faces. And here's the thing. You can't do that in a deposition. I don't give a fuck who you are. You All you can do is just sit there. That's it. And he can talk to his lawyer. But with the face making and all that shit, it, that deposition overall, I think we can all kind of agree it was somewhat of a shit show for the most part. To sit there and watch that go on. To sit there and watch Colleen just roast his ass and just get destroyed. You know, David get destroyed. And for that shit show to be allowed to go on. But as far as... as Anything being said off record, Rickard, Rich, Rick didn't really tell me anything um, that was said off record. So it was, it was just a few. He didn't really mention anything. So I, I'd have to say no to that one. Um, but he he did say that he was like making faces and shit like that. And so the the lawyer that did object at the one time, he had the proper objection. So tell me about this. Tell me, did he ever say anything about Colleen? Because God forbid. Can you imagine being deposed? If I ever, for God forbid, if I ever got deposed for anything and I see her fucking ass walk in the room, I'm I'm just gonna I'm guilty. I I just rather just go to jail and deal with it because to sit sit through five hours of someone who has, I mean, just the tone of her voice will make you think that even even if you were telling the truth, you would literally second guess what your answer was because she would be like, "You didn't know you were riding in her car, or you didn't know this, you didn't know that," or he'd be like. Uh, what did you make back in 2013? Oh, I'm not sure. You don't know what you made back in 2013? Like, it was just... Everything that you said earlier about her being born to do that deposition was fucking hilarious. And the fact that she did not back down from those other attorneys when it came down to a lot... Of, like, she was literally on her shit that day. Like, I... If I was her kids, like, I would be forever fucking proud of her. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, you know my mom's the one who deposed, you know... David E. Taylor or whatever. And like she will forever, forever, forever. Even people on TikTok, they get on there and they're like, damn, this this woman is getting his ass. And like they are literally like they're all advocating for how Colleen handled herself during that deposition. Cause she was literally the like she's the stereotypical uh woman lawyer who wasn't like she's a bulldog. You know, people were not like they weren't shit talking or nothing. They were just like, Man, this woman is getting this fucking guy and they need to get her to go do um you know, um, that other preacher, I forgot his name, uh, pastor Kenneth or whatever. Um, but they need to get her to go do that. So is there anything that Rick told you about Colleen or did you ask about Colleen at the time? No, I didn't. He didn't mention anything either, you know, and I had even, I, people have requested that I reach out to Colleen and I want people to know that I have, I sent out an email quite a while ago. Um, I won't go too much into the detail of the email, but I asked if there was anything she could tell me off record without, you know, getting herself in any kind of trouble or she'd be willing to disclose. And I never got an email back. And Rick never told me anything after that. Do you think that maybe she wants to put this behind her, that it was what it was and she got, you know, she did what she had to do. And now it's just kind of one of those things that she just, you know, she did what she had to do. She had to leave it in the past and let the public just do what they have to do. Cause like, you know, cancel culture in 2021 is so, it is so contagious. Cause it just takes a handful of people to start a cancel culture on somebody. And I think, and I'm telling you, and I, 
please, like, if I if I end up being right about this, I want full credit. But I'm telling you, TikTok, people are literally, they're being humored by this. But I'm telling you, those things are going to go so viral on top of, like, every time I got that, you know, where they got all his depositions on TikTok, I always tag your YouTube page on there just so I want people to go look and, and like, follow up with it because you do put a lot of clips you put a lot of lives you put a lot of content and realistically when i'm at work and i see that you've done like a two-hour live the night before when i don't get to catch it i listen to it all day because you always come with new information you always come with new content and you always come with the with the ideas i'm going to give you all this information and i'm here to talk about it if you want to talk about it so when you got this channel started when you started getting these people, these loyal people tuning in on your lives who interact with you, because you've got a few OGs on there that, you know, that that attend every live that you have and y'all have open conversations. How was it to feel that these people can really trust you and bring you the, you know, bring you that kind of secrecy to help you with what you're kind of doing on exposing David E. Taylor? How did it feel to have these people trust you enough to bring you information to help expose David E. Taylor? It, well, putting a face on is what it, it, it was meant to help the people in the cult. It really was. That's why I put my face on it, because I felt they've never been educated properly, you know, and I'm not I, I'm not a perfect, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the fucking room. I'm, I'll tell you guys that right now. But I have a lot of fucking common sense. I'm educated, prior military. You know, I've been to school. I'm not dumb. You know, um, I wanted the people in the cult to have a face to trust. And people have ex ex members. I call them survivors. Have come forward, but I don't mention them because they don't want to be mentioned because they're very fucking scared. They are very destroyed by this fucking piece of shit. And I I say fucking piece of shit because by my fucking standard. He is a fucking piece of shit. And that's, I have to, re the, the contact I made recently, um, this is how David, this, this is how David contacts people is mostly through Facebook. He'll start messaging them through Facebook. He'll troll other religious Facebook accounts, right? And then he'll look for people and then he'll start trolling their Facebook accounts and then start messaging them. So this is the information that, everybody seemed to have told me about David is how he, he contacts him and why, and for people to trust me is because I want to give them the right information. And when people are coming out of this organization telling me, Hey, this is how it's going. Um, and nobody's putting that information out because these people are scared, man. These people are fucking scared. You've had, I've had death threats against me. Um, I've heard people fucking being stalked. Um, I've had people message me on Yelp through my business page. All kinds of weird shit went along with showing my face on this, which is why I think nobody else does it is because nobody else is willing to deal with the repercussions of putting your face on on exposing a religious fucking cult, man. It's dangerous. It's dangerous, man. Am I scared? There's a part of me that's scared, but I know these assholes aren't going to do shit about it. I'm not scared of these assholes. They're not going to do anything. The cease and desist I have hanging on my wall, that's just a fucking scare tactic. That's David shit in his pants because either he's getting a fucking knock on his door from the IRS because all the fucking fraud reports have been filing against his fucking scam artist ass. Or there's something interior going on in the cult that is is starting to break very bad. Very bad. There's some very question, highly questionable things going on with this organization. 
and nobody's doing anything about it. It's not being investigated. It's not being looked into. We know there's money laundering going on. I know for a fucking fact there's drugs in that place. I have. I am under the. <laughs> I am under the impression too that David is using narcotics at with our elicitor prescription to control his members. And I say this with. How do you say that with? Um, I, I, I say this confidently because one, I used to be an addict. And then two, there's a lot of other people in the group that are sitting back and like watching him. This guy's on fucking drugs. And we're not dumb. I think you and I can sit back, Jay Puente, and see in some of his, his actions and be like, dude, this guy's fucked up on drugs. So I do this. It feels good because I know the information I'm putting out, like why the people trust me. I know the information I'm putting out is accurate. I know it. Some of the information I've got is misinformation, but that's because the closer you get, the closer you get, the more scared these people are going to get and the more scared they're going to try to make me by sending out death threats and cease and desist letters and all this other bullshit. A cease and desist letter is a fucking punk ass way for David saying that he's fucking scared. When you have these people reach out to you, <clears throat> these survivors, what is the most disturbing story that you felt in your hearts and hearts was real? All of them, man. Every single, um, I think the one that I, I don't, I won't go into details, but there's one that, uh, I was told kind of recently and, uh, yeah, it's a, I'm sitting here thinking about it right now because every so often I'll see, I'll see that person on zoom and, uh, it's like knowing that there's people being directly affected by him right now as we speak. That's what fucks with it the most is because I've spoken to people who have spouses who are involved with this cult and they're, they can't do anything. The spouses can't do anything. And spouses, I'm saying husband or wife. It's, it goes both ends, man. It goes both sides. Um, David emasculates men and then he fucking, he tries to manipulate the women into sleeping with them. Um, but there's one going on right now that I'm well aware of. And um, I spoke to a spouse and the story they told me is just fucking sucks, man. Bank account drained to $40,000. Uh, kind of like a drip, like a, a slow drain too, because the other spouse gave access to the account and was starting to donate and started, they started pulling money out of the account. And uh, I found out that uh you know this spouse has has some mental health issues man and this is how david fucking manipulates people and i i and what was the gut punch kind of recently it happened a few months ago was i was watching zoom i saw this person on zoom and then i see all the people directly affected man and that's i think that's the one that still gut punches me the most because if people want this to end, if there's survivors out there that want this to end, like people have to come forward and tell the stories to the government, to the police. Because it's very real what's going on here. The deposition is funny and all and shit, but this, the, the hole goes a lot fucking deeper. It is not just the deposition. It goes a lot deeper. There is very real lies being destroyed here. As we're speaking. As we speak, man. No, there's no bullshit behind this. This man is a very fucking destructive organization. He is the leader of this fucking 
cult organization called Joshua Media Ministries and Kingdom of God Global Church. And it's <laughs> there's more than one family being destroyed by this guy too, not just one, many, many. So when it comes to your channel and everything that you, because you do come with weekly topics on Fridays, I think, um, I think from what I can see, you know, I really think that there's something going on with your YouTube channel. I really think that whether it's David or somebody in his cult is really affecting your numbers and, you know, how everything's are going, because it's, it's very unreal to me to know that, you know, when it comes to algorithms, I don't know a lot about them. I just know that there's certain things that you can do to put yourself in that algorithm. But when it comes to your weekly content, what is the main, what is the main goal for you every week when you put out a con, when you put, when you go back on live on Friday, like what are you trying to accomplish every Friday when you go live? I, I, the reason I go live every Friday is because I don't want people to forget about what's going on. Some of the, because David's been so quiet, there's no new content for us. It's all the same repetitive bullshit on his channel, right? So I try to go back and look at shit that maybe I could have missed, but also it's, it's a good way to bring the group together. And again, this, this channel isn't just about David's cult. It's about any cult, cult survivor that wants to come and spill their story. You're not going to be disgraced here. We're not going to think less of you because these these people are master fucking manipulators, man. It's horrible to see what they're doing. Like we're sitting back here and watching it go on and they're sitting. We're like, holy shit. And historically, there's a lot of fucking red flags going on here. All the red flags are here for for a, a situation to go bad with David. Um, but what I like to do every Friday is just I don't want people to forget about what he's doing. I feel if look, Israel number one is uh, FaceTiming me. Um, I I don't want people to forget about what's happening with that organization because it seems again I think people have dropped the ball. Like the deposition went out, you know, and it was it was just there, and then all these other channels started coming out and talking about him. My channel got copyrighted. My other channel was called Fuck JMMI. That one got taken down and copyrighted. So that's why I started this other channel was to bring awareness about David's cult organization. And it is a cult. By definition, it is a cult. If you apply the bite model to David of a cult leader and a cult organization, he fits every fucking bite, every fucking bullet point of a destructive cult leader, man. Well, tell me this. <laughs> and it was crazy because like, you have worked extremely hard on exposing this guy. You've done a lot of research. You've stayed, you know, pretty, you know, with the confidentiality with your with your contacts and people who reach out or whatever. How hard was it to infiltrate their uh, Zoom meeting that they had on uh, during the service? Because you were in the background with your, I think it was Axe Michelle shirt or Try Macy shirt. I can't remember which one it was, but you were back there flipping them off and doing all kinds of stuff. How, how long did it take to infiltrate that? That took me a while. That took me a while. It, uh, that was a patience waiting game, really. That was all about timing. Had to be the right place, right time. Um, yeah, that's how that went down, though. That that took a that took a uh, that took a long time to get there. It's really hard to do anymore. Um, but yeah, that was a patience waiting game, and it's only happened a few times. 
when it comes to filing fraud reports, because I mean, you've done it and you, you're pretty adamant. I think you even have a folder, if I remember correctly, of uh, blank fraud reports that you can file um, for, uh, you know, your daily or weekly, you know, submissions to the IRS. How important do you think that that is for people to get on board and start doing what you're doing weekly or even every other day or something? How How is it going to be effective if you feel to keep filing with a group, a big number of people to do that. Do you think that would be very effective? Absolutely. It's everybody's responsibility and it's your duty because you're a taxpayer. He's defrauding the government. It's everybody's responsibility. That's what, that's what I say. And it's responsibility. It's your duty. He's taking from social services. He's taking from public services. He's taking from everybody, man. He's taking from everything. A lot of money too. So I think it's everybody's responsibility too. It's very important. The more people that file against him, the IRS can't, the IRS, the IRS can ignore, you know, a report a week from me, you know, they can ignore that and they can keep ignoring it. But you know what they can't ignore? They can't ignore 50, 60, 80, 100, you know, a couple hundred showing up a week, man. They cannot ignore that on one organization. They will fucking investigate them and it will trigger an audit. Eventually, how long? I have no clue. I have no clue, which is why I push everybody. And again, you don't have to, but we're taxpaying citizens, man. This is a free fucking country. Again, I've received cease and desist for filing tax fraud reports because they don't want me to file the fucking tax fraud reports. That is telling me they're very scared of me filing fraud reports because that is going to trigger an audit. And the more people that file fraud reports the better because the IRS can't ignore them. I'm filing two, two different types of fraud reports. I'm filing a, a 3949A and then a 13909, I believe is what it is. One is to report an organization and one is to report the members of the organization. So I'm reporting the organization and I'm reporting David, Michelle, Marcia, Ashley, Ware, Joseph. I'm reporting the members of the organization now too, to two separate addresses. One goes to Ogden, Utah. One goes uh, to Houston, Texas. So it's very important to file fraud reports. I have the links posted on my channel. Anybody wants them, just click the link on my YouTube channel and you can print them out. All you have to do, print, sign. You have to put your legal name on it. These are legal forms going to the IRS. They are federal documents. You cannot be held accountable. You cannot be held liable. These are these are documents because I know there's fraud going on. That's why I'm filing it because I know for sure he's malandering money through real estate. And probably he's using some fucking drugs to clean money. It, there's all kinds of shady shit going on, which is why he needs to be audited by the IRS. Do you think he's investing in the property? I know you said that you you know it's money laundering and he's he's been buying up a whole bunch of property, especially the rent residential center, which ended up being a big full blown out court case between him and uh, Harold Lewis. And with all that stuff going on. Do you think real estate is probably the cleanest way he's having to wash money? And again, how is he able to do all this? How can he walk up to a realtor and say, I want to buy this or walk up to a company and say, I want to buy this building and drop that amount of money without being audited? You open up LLCs. That's what they're doing. You open up LLCs and you buy that. You buy those parsonages and under an LLC because what an LLC does is protect anything if there's a lawsuit. That makes a lot more sense to me. I, I really couldn't understand how that didn't just throw up a red flag for anybody. I mean, that amount of money just coming out of nowhere. But it does make sense if they have a business name, you know, put to it or something to that nature. Um, so tell me this. 
what do you think about Michelle Brandon, your personal opinion? I know we've been on David for a while, but like Michelle has no innocence to this. She is just as worse as, you know, when the R. Kelly shit was going on. She's no better than the people that were bringing the young girls to R. Kelly. How do you feel, do you, you know, with her playing a part in all this shit? Because she and David were the only ones getting paid on the on the payroll. Up until her deposition, she said that she was recently brought down, back down to being a volunteer, that she's not on the payroll anymore. And I And I think that's really, really funny. Because if I were to go in a time machine and this deposition never happened, I bet you anything she'd still be getting paid. But I think they did that purposely. Because of those depositions and the money situation. What part and how do you feel about Michelle Brandon? Um, after watching her deposition, Michelle's just complicit. She's she is she I would compare her to Ghislaine Maxwell and 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 what she does, you know, she's she's a complicit actor in bringing people in, manipulating them and mind fucking them. She Michelle, from what I understand, from what I've heard and the reports I've got. Michelle is an absolutely fucking stark raving bitch. And that's exactly what I think of her. She's a stark raving bitch. And that's the report I got. Again, and her favorite word in there is proprietary. Just like David's axe, you know, that, that proprietary. Um, now, as far as like, as far as like, you know, even in the deposition, in her deposition, she was like, Every time something was brought up that Colleen had brought up that what well, David said when I asked him this question during his last deposition, he said to refer to you. And every time that she brought up David saying this, that Michelle knew, and I, in my opinion, Michelle really didn't know or she was having to answer for what David was saying just because he was trying to evade the question. She was like, well, can I see what he said? Just because she had to know that he said it before she agreed to the lie that he made. You know what I'm saying? Like, how did you feel about her purpose on that deposition. Like, do you think that she was just as full of shit as he is or how much damage did that do to her? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And again, what I paid a big attention to in that deposition was the body language. Um, Michelle does not like to be on camera. She was very uncomfortable in that setting because that camera did not move off of her. That camera did not blink. And, uh, she lied just like fucking David did. She lied. She lied. She knows it. We know it. Um, I'm pretty sure Colleen knows that she fucking lied through her teeth. And the fact that they all stand there and point the finger now, oh, it's, you got to ask Ashley or LaMarcia, you know, I'm putting them, I am now putting their names on the fraud reports as well. Michelle's name is going on the fraud reports too. I have a fraud report with her name on it. I have David's social security number because it was left on a document that's now on the internet. I, I, that was also in the cease and desist that I have a social security number. They said that I had Michelle's social security number, which I don't. All I have is their tax ID numbers, but David, whoever put out, there's a uh, website on the internet called uh, davidetaylor.com or some shit, and there's a document on there, and somebody forgot to redact his fucking social security number. You know, I, I, I recommend nobody do anything stupid with it because I wouldn't want the fucking IRS knocking on my door asking if I was David E. Taylor, first of all. I use it for fraud reports, and that's it. You know why? Because it's the most accurate form of identification to fucking find out who somebody is. So, um, Michelle fucking lied. If I had her social security number, it'd be on a fucking fraud report too. But Michelle's just as lying and just as complicit as any other member in that cult, as far as I'm concerned. When you do your channel and you do your, and I, and I know you open the form a lot to the, to the people who are on the chat. 
what is the one thing when as in doing this podcast because we've been trying to get this together since i've actually gotten to know you um what is the one thing that you want to get out to my listeners about david e taylor that um you feel is very very important that that needs to be understood i think just in general not even about david e taylor but fucking educate your kids about fucking religious cults man because after watching Gwen Shamblin, and if people watch that, it's called The Way Down. If you watch it, it's on HBO. I highly recommend you watch it because what if what the in the first video, it's these parents talking and they're like, you know, you try to educate your kids about everything, you know. And I don't have kids, mind you, but I have nieces and nephews and shit. And the first the, what these kids parents were saying was like, you know, you try to educate your kids about everything, but you never fucking educate them about a fucking cult, man. So I think it's and there's. Mind you, people, there are kids involved in this fucking cult right now, okay? That's the scary fucking thing about this, is there's kids in there right now. Scary. Um, I think we need to educate your kids, the public, the people, that these organizations exist, that they're out there, and that they will do anything to fucking bring people in and to manipulate them to the highest possibility to do whatever sick fucking game they want with them. Because once they manipulate them, you're talking Manchurian type, you know, uh, mind manipulation here. If anybody's seen like the Born uh, Ultimatum series or anything like that, that is that that series is about mind reformation, and that's exactly what David does. It's very important to educate people about these kind of things because they exist in our own fucking backyards, man. And it's happening right now. It's happening right now. Man, I really appreciate you coming on and having this discussion with me. I really, like I said from the beginning to actually getting in contact, you know, with you, I emailed you directly, um, kind of put, I didn't, again, I was holding, I was new to the whole YouTube thing. So I kind of reached out, you know, with my actual email and not my business email and, and all that only because like, just by your lives and everything that I was seeing before I actually reached out to you, of course, I don't reach out to people a lot because I don't feel, uh, I really am uncomfortable with meeting new people. But after watching your lives, dude, just me not even knowing who you were and just listening to what you were saying, and you were just really adamant about putting on the forefront on what the issues were and just openly discussing and giving people uh, a space to have a discussion about it or express themselves. or And you would always respond to everyone on your live, you know, in the comments, whether if you missed them, you'd go back and read them and, and kind of respond to them. Um, when I was able to reach out to you, I mean, you, you got back at to me, you know, you got back to me really quickly. You were, you know, very cordial. You were nice. You were responsive. You were, you know, very informative to all my questions. And then I started keeping up with you. And as I gotten to know you, I've started to realize like you're a solid person and like people should be able to trust you. And like you, you have done right by everybody that I've seen so far, as far as what you're doing now. Um, you know, the, the YouTube channel is David E. Taylor, Full Frontal Exposure. Y'all, y'all, I'm telling you, you have to follow this. You have to, like, get this word out there. This guy's being completely legit with you. You know, he's not, you know, like I told you, during everything, he has not named one source. Like, he keeps everything super confidential. Um, he's very comfortable with, you know, expressing and kind of putting your story out there without giving you away. Like, this guy's really done his homework and done a lot of research and I'm going to keep, you know, keeping up with you until all this happens. And when David gets put in jail, eventually, you know, we'll go, you know, we'll keep up with the next thing you're going to expose after that. And I think what you're doing is completely great. And I like, I, I, I completely back up anything that you do. And if, if there's any way I could help, 
you know, just let me know. But um, again, dude, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to have this conversation with me. No, man. And, and thank you, Jay. Thanks for following the channel and thanks for giving me the opportunity to have a voice out here and, uh, you know, and uh, just raise awareness, really. That's what it's about here. Um, I, I don't make any money off of this. Um, I, I have no personal gain in this. Uh, I don't want money. I'm not trying to buy my way out into heaven or buy my way out of hell with this. I'm not religious. Um, I, there's no personal gain in this for me. It's just to raise awareness, man, because there's something wrong here. There's something wrong. But uh, again, thank you for having me, Jay. Um, and I look forward to having you on the channel. Thanks again, man. No problem, dude. This is Let's Discuss a Podcast with Jay. This is on Apple Music, Spotify, Anchor. All the links will be posted on the podcast, um, whether it's on Facebook or it's just going to be on my personal page or my business page on Facebook on Let's Discuss it with Jay. The YouTube channel is David E. Taylor, Full Frontal Exposure. I'm telling y'all, keep up with it. Interesting, informative, spreading the awareness. Um, see y'all next time.